0: Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. The Republic has survived, for now at least, but all Americans had some very anxious hours on January 6, 2021. It will probably take a good while to sort out all the causes, intents, and actions from that day and the days leading up to it, not to mention the longer-term effects of what took place in the nation's capital that day, capital spelled with an A, and, much more distressingly, capital spelled with an O. One effect was that major tech platforms shut down accounts for Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and a raft of others who the major tech platforms, such as Google, Twitter, and Facebook, found to be fomenting violence. Not surprisingly, this led to howls about people's First Amendment rights being violated by non-elected private monopolistic companies. Meanwhile, Josh Hawley, one of the chief architects of the strange and, as it turned out, horrendous events of January 6th, was notified that a book contract he had with a major publisher was being canceled. His reaction? a screed alleging his First Amendment rights had been violated by a private publisher. In the wake of these tech and publishing related events, NBC News hosted an opinion piece on their website entitled, quote, Trump's Twitter ban renews calls for tech law changes by many who don't get tech or the law, end quote. Which, in our opinion at the Electronic Cottage, is absolutely correct. So, In hopes of keeping Electronic Cottage listeners out of both of those groups, those who don't get tech and those who don't get the law, let's begin today to reflect on and hopefully better understand just what's going on in this food fight of claims and counterclaims about what freedom of speech means online and what it doesn't. We might as well start at the beginning with the Constitution, since that's what the gang, We do not use that term affectionately in this context. The gang that overran the Capitol building claimed to be supporting. There were, if the videos from the scene are accurate, precious few copies of the Constitution in evidence during that whole sequence of events, nor, based upon some of the comments of those occupying the building, much evidence that they had read that document completely or carefully. Let's not make the same mistake. Here is what the First Amendment to the Constitution, the only part of the Constitution that mentions freedom of speech directly, actually says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or the press, or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances," end quote. Over time, that prohibition on Congress has been extended, through subsequent court cases and the 14th Amendment, to apply to state and local levels of government as well. But notice, the prohibition against abridging freedom of speech applies only to government, not to private actors. So, in any legal sense, can Twitter violate Donald Trump's First Amendment right to free speech? The answer is no, period, in the discussion. Josh Hawley, a senator from Missouri, had a book publishing contract with Simon & Schuster. On January 7, 2021, the company canceled that contract with this explanation. Quote, After witnessing the disturbing, deadly insurrection that took place Wednesday in Washington, D.C., Simon & Schuster has decided to cancel publication of Senator Josh Hawley's forthcoming book, end quote. To almost no one's surprise, Mr. Hawley described that action as a, quote, direct assault on the First Amendment, end quote, which of course, it's not. Why? Because Simon & Schuster is a private entity, not a government agency, period, end of discussion. Was Simon & Schuster's decision a good one? Was it fair? Was it fair for Twitter to remove Mr. Trump's lifeblood, his Twitter account? Those are questions that all sorts of folks can and do have opinions about, and that is fine. What those opinions do not have anything to do with, however, is the legality of those companies' behavior under the First Amendment to the Constitution. Period, end of discussion. Some folks point out that even though Twitter or Facebook or Google or whatever giant web company you wanna name are not officially government organizations, they can have as much impact and often more impact than actual governments. No argument about that here. It's the next step that trips a lot of folks up when they claim that these tech outfits are so powerful governments should regulate them. And here's where we get waist deep in the big muddy. Let's say that government should regulate the big tech companies. Regulate in what way? That they should have to transmit anyone's opinion who wants to express an opinion, no matter how reprehensible the companies might find that opinion? What about the company's First Amendment rights not to be coerced by the government into transmitting speech that they don't find true or acceptable or adhering to societal norms, or to the company's terms of service, the latter of which every user agrees to in order to be able to use the service. If government can't force a baker to decorate a wedding cake for a gay couple because it violates the baker's First Amendment freedom of expression, can government require an internet site to accept and transmit material they believe to be dangerous and maybe even illegal? some champions of the latter situation claim it has nothing to do with the former case. We're still searching for the legal distinction that they're trying to make, but without any success thus far. Wait a minute, wait a minute, you might say. An internet company that transmits information is not a bakery. It's not even like a bakery. It's more like a radio station or TV station or even a telephone company that sends information from one place to another. And the government regulates all of those companies. A good distinction. Well, sort of. It turns out that the Federal Communications Commission commissioners, appointed by Mr. Trump, have spent the last four years adamantly asserting that no, internet companies are not like any of these other companies, And so, the FCC can't tell them to do anything. Listeners of a certain age may recall a book published back in 1961 called Catch-22. In it, a soldier in the army could not claim to require dismissal because he was crazy, because the fact that he wanted out of the army proved he wasn't crazy. We'll take a look at this current FCC version of Catch-22, one that we're all going to be hearing a whole lot about in the next little while as Democrats take control of both houses of Congress, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.